Welcome back to the Radical Gentleness Podcast. Today with me in conversation, we have Jenna Rodriguez from The Habit Project. Jenna, thank you so much for being here with me today. How are you doing? Hi, thanks so much for having me. This is great. I am, I'm feeling really happy and grateful that it's Friday. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is sunny, trending toward cloudy here in Seattle, which is the way of things here mm. in the, <laughs> the end of May, beginning of June. Uh, and so I think it's going to be like raining this weekend. So I'm hopeful that this evening you can get out and enjoy the dry before the rain comes. <laughs> that's yeah. how I'm doing. <laughs> how are oh, you doing? That's so lovely. Seattle's so beautiful. Um, I'm doing well. I, um, yeah, I'm doing well. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Boulder, Colorado, uh, where I live. And I actually haven't been outside yet, which feels kind of, um, criminal because it's so lovely out. So I think after this, I'm going to go for a nice long walk. And um, yeah, also really grateful it's Friday. And I'm so glad you're here with me. So doing really well. Awesome. I would love for you to kick us off by sharing a bit about yourself with our listeners. Sure. Um, so like you mentioned, my name is Jenna and I'm many things, but one of them is an online storyteller. Uh, and so I'm currently creating an online diary of my journey to build three habits over the course of this next year. Uh, the habit of monotasking, intentional digital consumption, and the habit of mindful eating. And today as we're recording this is actually day 27 of my year-long process. Amazing. That is so exciting. Congrats on getting to day 27. <laughs> haven't uh, totally fallen off the bandwagon or rather I have and then I've gotten back onto it I guess would be a better description of how everything's going so far yeah I mean it's it's also to me impressive that you're documenting and storytelling this journey of the habit project amidst a global pandemic where you know <laughs> sticking to things just feels really hard for me right now so I am just infinitely mm. impressed mm. and you know it's it is kind of a weird time to be like in the sort of self-care or quote unquote self-improvement or self-development space online. Cause I think exactly what you're saying, like it's a, it's a very weird time in the world. I don't know about you. I've never lived through a pandemic before. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have not. Right. So, um, you know, I, however you're doing is fine. Like, you know, and I think like the shoulds of the world right now are just, just need to like calm down <laughs> because yeah. everybody's in their own process, right? Totally. Yeah. I, I want to um, dive into shoulds and habits, but first I'd love to just get the lay of the land, like a little bit more about the ha habit project and how it came to be and um, how you picked those three habits that you're building this year of monotasking, intentional digital consumption, and mindful eating. Sure. Um, well, when I really think back to it, I think the seeds of the habit project were actually sown all the way back in November of 2018 mm. um, when I completed something called NaNoWriMo or National Novel Writing Month. Um, oh. that, yeah. Are you familiar with Dano? I am. I um, have always wanted to look into it more. I'm so excited that you did that. I want to hear more about it. Yeah, totally. So um, if folks listening, you know, if this is new uh, for you, NaNoWriMo is a 30-day challenge for writers all across the world, a challenge to write 50,000 words in 30 days. 
Um, and I guess I did NaNoWriMo because I had this limiting belief that I couldn't write long form. Like mm. I felt like I was just a, you know, I could only write poetry or could only write like a short story. And I just had this hump that I, I wanted to get over. Um, and so I realized that to successfully complete NaNoWriMo while still trying to have any semblance of like a quote unquote normal life <laughs> during that time, I actually had to do two things. Um, I had to get up an hour earlier than I normally did. Um, and I had to write with wild, unabashed abandon, you know, and yeah. totally delete like the inner critic from, from that space. Um, and so at the end of the month, I had two things. I had uh, a first draft that will never see the light of day. <laughs> that was very much like a form of catharsis and processing for me. Um, and like I said, getting over that limiting belief. Yeah. Uh, but it, do it doesn't need to come to the world. That's okay. <laughs> um, but I also had this other thing. And that was like the start of an intentional morning and mm. a sort of a craving to continue that experimentation even when the month ended. Um, and so over, you know, ever since then, I guess I've just been kind of tweaking what goes in the morning routine, what goes into my intentional morning, like introducing things, deleting things, that editing process. Um, and when we went into social distancing in early March here in Seattle, you know, I realized that there were so many things outside of my control. Um, so many things that I thought that I had control over that I, I that was actually a falsehood. <laughs> yeah. And what I realized is that if I could get myself out of full-blown lizard brain panic mode for long enough, mm. um, I could perhaps use like the same experimental techniques that I had used to build a morning routine that really helped ground me and get me ready to like show up well in other parts of my life. I could use those same patterns to help me build habits, you know, that would help me ground in this new reality, mm. right? So it's, even though it is a weird time to be kind of doing this work and, and requires a ton of gentleness with myself and others, it, you know, it did really feel like the, the right time for me to start asking myself, okay, like, I don't have this, I don't have this, what do I have? Yeah. Yeah, I really see the wisdom in that timing, actually. That's really beautiful. Hmm. Thanks for saying that. It's, I will say, like, when it, when it comes to, when it came to deciding what habits I wanted to pursue, that part was, took a little longer. It took a little bit more of, like, getting quiet, going for walks without a podcast or music or a phone call to a friend really just reflecting on myself and asking like, okay, this world is different and who do I want to be in this different world and kind of rolling around in that question for a while. Mm. That's so beautiful, Jenna. I really appreciate you sharing the depth of that, like how, mm. how, that, how those started to come to be and committing to, you know, three habits for over a year long time is um, quite impressive. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it feels big. Now that I'm in it, I'm like, hmm, maybe I should have picked one. <laughs> mm, mm, yeah. Yeah. How is it going so far? I know you said you're on day 27. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I, um, I'm finding that these habits are, 
are not very concrete all on their own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How will I know when I've achieved the habit of monotasking? Right? Right. <laughs> you know, um, whereas some other things in my life, like, okay, well, you know, if I want to be a runner, then if I run a block every day and then I add another block, it's like, okay, I can very concretely see like I am working towards that. Right. Um, so I guess that's been a challenge for me so far to really kind of break down these big habits into tiny little mini habits that are easy enough to accomplish and trackable to actually show myself that I am making progress. So like, for example, you know, the first, the first habit of monotasking, like for my first mini task that I wanted to work on is instead of switching tasks, when I got fatigued at work or ran into this barrier of like, oh, I don't want to do this thing that I should be doing right now. So let me just distract myself. Um, Instead of distracting myself, I would literally be like, okay, I need to take a five minute break, you know? Um, And actually like reset my body, like get up, stretch, you know, like smell something different, maybe like drink a glass of water, maybe jump up and down or do like jumping jacks or that like ridiculous reset things, you know, that will allow me to come back and be like, okay, I'm going back in. Wow. Yeah. It makes me think of all the times where I'm doing a task. And like you said, it gets, you know, monotonous or boring or I don't know, hard. I hit a wall and I quote unquote, take a break, but taking a break from, you know, say I'm, uh, I don't know, sending out 50 emails at work. Mm-hmm. And then I get up and I take a break. But taking a break is looking at Instagram or looking at Pinterest or, you know, listening to a Marco Polo from my friend or texting someone back. It's not a true break, mm-hmm. which um, I really notice if I, t- if I take an actual break versus if I distract during the break or, you know, occupy my brain space in a different way. For sure. Me too. And I will say too, one thing that's been interesting to observe in myself is um, like just how limited a resource willpower is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're recording in the afternoon right now. And in the morning, I find that I have a lot more willpower to take that intentional non-digital break. Um, but then when it comes to the afternoon, I can totally fall apart very, very easily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I guess what I am trying to do in a loving and gentle way is, is learn about myself and get like super curious about these things, try to notice these patterns instead of just immediately be like, okay, well, you know, like, like, uh, like a habit project boot camp style right. with myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really feels like the habit, forming a habit and tracking a habit is the way into like insight about yourself in a way. Could be right. I mean, I think that there's, I think that I could probably have a bunch of different attitudes towards the habit project. I've had a lot of different attitudes towards how I've tried to form habits in the past Mm -hmm. um, and failed miserably, right? (laughs) When I go in with this super militant, like, okay, it's January 1 and I'm never eating a Dorito again. Right. Yeah. Not, um, it's not reality for me when it comes to building sustainably. I've really had to slow down, build a lot slower, analyze, like, temptation and when I succumb to it and why, 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Brooke, some of this work is not fun. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> yeah, but it's so, um, I just feel so worthwhile. Um, even through the grit. I mean, it sounds worthwhile, at least to me. I'm not intentionally doing a habit project, but I, you know, in, in learning more about the habit project in preparation for this episode, I was like, huh, what, you know, what habits do I track? And it made me mm-hmm. think that I started trying to more intentionally work out maybe last November, a couple times mm-hmm. a week. And I just had zero motivation as a former couch potato to work out a couple times a week. And, um, I started maybe in December or January, um, tracking when I worked out. And what I did was I built like on watercolor paper, a beautiful calendar that was, you know, had blank boxes and there was, you know, things that I liked that I painted all around it. And then I created the trackers that I wanted to track. So like J for jog, W for walk, H for hike, you know, W O for workout, things like that. And I hang it on the side of my fridge and I've been doing it ever since then, because as I see it, um, add up, it motivates me to keep doing it. And now it just totally is a habit. Mm. Um, but it, it was totally arduous and also, yeah, sometimes the insights that I get about myself from tracking a habit are, um, not all rainbows and butterflies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love that. I would love to see like a picture of that. Yeah, I'll happily <laughs> um, share it with you. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think, I mean, it works really, it has worked thus far very well for me to to do the same as you're talking about, like introducing this form of like watching, watching myself um, mm-hmm. achieve small wins and watching them compound over time. Um, that's, that's been super helpful. I agree with you. I think motivation is, you know, it can be really fickle for me. Um, she comes, she goes, Yeah. resistance comes, resistance goes. Uh, but I think that if we can introduce like pleasure into the habit forming process into, and, and in, allow ourselves to feel good about our achievements, no matter how small they are. Um, I think that that's really really important to forming habits that are going to be sustainable for the rest of my life, which is kind of where I'm trying to go with the habit project. Like, yeah, it's a year long project, but you know, at the end of the year, I don't just want to be the same person that I was at the beginning of the year. Right. That's huge. Yeah. I feel similar with my exercise tracker. I think about who I want to be when I'm 60, 70, 80. I want to be strong and have, Mm -hmm. you know, muscle that I've built up over a lifetime that will continue to support me, you know, moving um, throughout my life. And that was my biggest motivation. And Mm -hmm. um, that was so just so eloquently said, thank you for phrasing it that way. Cause it's, um, I want to be changed by what, what I'm tracking and what I'm bringing into my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's really beautiful. Yeah. And I'm curious too, like around this idea of like change versus also self-love and um, like how we can love ourselves, even if there are things that we do that we don't like or want to continue. That's a tension for me that I am still kind of 
rooting around in and trying to figure out where the balance is. Yeah. How do you work with that in yourself when you like have those days where you're coming across like um, something that feels hard or um, inside yourself or you, like you said, motivation can be fickle and it's feeling fickle that day. How do you work with that in a way that incorporates that mind, that mindset for you? I honestly don't have a great answer yet. Yeah. We could maybe rendezvous in about 300 more days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, but I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tough because sometimes I'm in the mood for a little bit more of that tough love mentality. Like sometimes I'll be exercising in the morning and thinking like, okay, it's not how you start. It's how you finish, you know, like all these kind of hype myself up, um, thoughts. And then there are some days where I also, you know, I encounter that resistance and I'm like, like talking to like the child version of myself and saying like, you know, how would I speak to myself if I was speaking to, as if I was speaking to like a small child. Mm, Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's so tricky, like, because I think I, I can also trick myself sometimes, like my mind says, like, the past couple days, I've been pretty sore working out. And my mind will say, like, you can do this. Or Mm -hmm. my mind will say, like, you can't do this, like, listen to your body, you know? (laughs) Right. And I, and I do believe in listening to our knowing and our bodies. And I have also grown up in a culture that I think has, has told me not to trust my body. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the difference between what is truly our knowing versus what we are, you know, being told by the the broader culture of like self-improvement oriented uh, goals that maybe like don't always resonate with us. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've hit on something huge. I just finished Untamed by Gwen and Doyle. Did you read that book yet? Oh girl, did I read it yet? Oh yes! yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh. yes. Radical. So yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> For any of those who don't know the book, I'm, I'm, I can't imagine how you wouldn't at this point, because it's been on the New York Times bestseller list pretty much since it came out, but it's Untamed by Glenn and Doyle. And um, I highly recommend all of her work. I talk, I have talked about her work so much in my podcast <laughs> with different people on my own. She comes up all the time. And I even love the way that book was written in a framework where it's like, uh, she's incorporating that ideology into even how it was written. Mm-hmm. Like that's how much she deconstructed the narrative of being tamed. Mm-hmm. And it feels similar when we're working with like wanting, at least to me, like when I want to build a new habit for myself, um, like you said, going on those walks, really getting clear on my why. So I'm not uh, motivated by um, painful self-improvement culture, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that is so, so powerful. When I think about the habit of mindful eating that it's it's as I was thinking about my three habits I almost was like don't even put anything online about that Mm. because that is so has the potential to be so triggering Mm -hmm. um for me myself as I've like broken it into mini habits I'm like okay like check yourself before you wreck yourself regarding like like what are the rules 
are you, you know, and like, are you trying to make up food, food rules for yourself that don't fit inside of a loving yourself narrative? Right. You know, um, that's been super, super interesting. And also to think about like, you know, is it mindful eating because you want to grow in gratitude for the people who are engaged in growing your food, engaged in the food system, engaged in the food system during a pandemic? Like, um, is it because you want to be respectful of that and mindful of that? Or is it because you want to look like how society tells you, you quote unquote should look? Yeah. Yeah. The why is so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I, I think something that you said in your um, Tiny Habit video on Instagram that I was looking at this morning was um, often you hear about the results without the process, without seeing the process of people getting there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's so um, exquisite about this project is we're getting to, as you're going through this project, we're getting to hear like your honest experience and even just, you know, hearing what you just shared about like, maybe I shouldn't add that, maybe I should. And um, Mm -hmm. I think it's hugely beneficial that you're sharing that. And, you know, at least just speaking for myself and um, seeing someone going through the process of tracking these things is such a gift. Mm, Thanks for saying that. Yeah. I, you know, I have my whole life, I've had a lot of sort of internal orientation towards goals and results. Mm -hmm. Um, and sacrificing (laughs) even like mental or physical health along the way in pursuit of a goal for, for what, like, (laughs) you know, but it's whatever. That's just like, I, how I am oriented slash maybe how society and culture has, uh, wrapped its little hands around my throat, you know, in some ways. Um, but this, I think, the, the reason the habit project feels so different for me is I'm really trying to slow down, dig in, zoom in on the process. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I do in the mornings is um, the start today journal practice. Do you do that practice? No, I've actually not heard of that. Oh, okay. It's um, it's Rachel Hollis. There we go. Oh, yes. I've heard of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Complicated character. Um, (laughs) but a human just trying to be human, like all of us. Sure. Um, but one of the things that she encourages folks to do is to start your day with a journaling practice that consists of five things you're grateful for that happened in the past 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Um, and then 10 dreams that you have for your life. Um, and she encourages folks to write the same dreams, you know, every single day, um, like big dreams, like 10 years in the future, you kind of thing. Um, and then the last thing is to, uh, do something like declare what step you're going to take today that is like related to those really, you know, one of those really big dreams. Um, and the steps are small and tiny, right? Uh, but I guess, I guess the habit project for me is kind of like thinking about who do I want to be in the decades to come? Like what? you know, if I, if I want to write a book or whatever, like mm-hmm. I need to do something, <laughs> That's, I need to take some step towards that big goal every single day. Totally. You know, and it's that like juxtaposition, I guess, of, you know, 
the the habit might be intentional digital consumption but like the mini habit might be just deciding on a firm technology bedtime for myself and holding myself accountable to that right. every single night yeah yeah it really feels like uh intentionally creating the life you want versus kind of being passively buoyed along by life and letting it happen to you like and i didn't really realize that was like a thing that like normal people could do which one the create oh, just yeah, yeah yeah i was like oh that's for people who have made it <laughs> right well and then that goes back to what you said in that that video so beautifully is like you know, someone shares their, the end of their journey where a year later, you know, they're mm -hmm. like, wow, I've run every day and now I'm a runner or, you mm -hmm. know, I write every day and now I'm about to publish a book. But, mm -hmm. you know, it can be like, wait, oh, can I do that too? Oh my gosh. It's like, everyone is just a normal person and we all are getting on the on-ramp kind of like to our own lives and what we want it to look like. And I think that's something I'm really appreciating about the Habit Project is it, it's causing me to look at how I spend my time in a really kind of meta way you know it's a, mm. <laughs> tracking a habit sounds so innocent and yet it um it's huge mm. it's how you spend your life yeah oh boy <laughs> <laughs> and i and and you know what's interesting too as i think more about this as well as like I am kind of perfectly positioned in such a place of privilege to have access to this much choice on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really important to highlight. Like I have a lot of autonomy over my daily schedule. Um, I don't have children. I work, I'm able to work from home. I have an income stream that's consistent right now. You know, like my ability to access choice is um you know i'm very fortunate to have a lot of that and that's not the case for everyone and i think one of the things that scares me about um the self-development space is this um militant sort of declaration that you know you were the ultimate decider of mm. the trajectory of your life and you know, uh, you know, there are people from like, you know, Victor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning, like who talk about, you know, when your actual choices are restricted, you know, that yeah. the place to go next is your mind. And I think that that is amazing that like, he was capable of that. Yeah, not everybody is. And I think yeah. that that's okay. You know, yeah, totally. I mean, it's definitely an important layer to all of this is, um, you know, both the access to that level of choice that you named is huge and also like the capability or the ability to, yeah, not capability, the ability that people have to um, tr track habits or like move kind of into this realm in their life is, is just going to look different for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you're, you're role modeling what it looks like for you. And then that gives others the freedom to say, oh, this is what it looks like for me if someone has kids or if someone um, isn't able to work from home right now or, you know, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But even modeling what it looks like for you, I think is huge. And with that caveat of I'm able to do it this way because of these XYZ factors. Mm -hmm. I hope so. Yeah. I never want to be that person. I don't want to be one of the shoulds. Like I think there's yeah. too many out there. Um, and I, 
I hope that through my work and through highlighting other people and how they go about, you know, their habits as well, like I'm able to show a range, you know, some people Mm -hmm. like a lot of structure. That's me. You know, some people um, like a lot of unstructured time, you know, and both are beautiful and none, no one way is better than another. Totally. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing here. Mm -hmm. however people implement it if they want to is totally correct yeah 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 can I ask you more about um like the exercise habit and the tracking and and that please yeah I'd love to hear um the days when you don't feel like it like what happens for you oh so the first thing that I noticed with that question is that there's less and less days where I, where I don't feel like it as it becomes a habit, which blows my mind because I did not expect that to ever be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm becoming someone who likes exercise and it blows my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I will say, you know, I um, – have really painful menstrual cycles and I have to be really careful not to overdo it. Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest um, thing that I notice resistance to is like, say I've scheduled a workout and I'm on my cycle and I'm like, Oh God, today is not the day. Um, For me, it's, it can go one of two ways where it's either like um, bringing radical gentleness into that where it's like, Hey, you couldn't have planned that today was going to be a day where you feel sick. Mm -hmm. Um, it's okay to rest, you know, and then honestly having my tracker there where it's like, look at all these times you worked out this month. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Take a rest day, lie down, or I just do less. I'm like, you know what? I'll go for a gentle walk or instead of doing 10 reps, I'll do three, you know, like, and just pare it way down. Um, so that's like, I think the biggest thing, part of resistance I encounter is just having some like physical health stuff where I have to slow down. Um, But if I just don't feel like it, let's see. I mean, I either, um, gosh, I think it's really the the tracker. Again, this is such a good question. You're really making me think on my toes here. Um, I think the tracker really helps keep me motivated because seeing, you know, often it's five days a week now that I'm working out. I'm like, that that blows my mind. And I'm like, oh gosh, I don't want to miss a day unless I really feel like I have to. Um, I really feel like I need to. So that motivates me. And often um, I just have a big gentleness scoop dollop around that where it's like, if I need to do less to do it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. Yeah. Thank you for like sharing that. Sorry, <laughs> turning the tables here. Like who's the Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, something that I've been like, uh, honestly scared of when it comes to like, my morning routine and exercise and all of this is um, just, I I think I've had a very black and white thinking for a good part of my life around like, okay, well, you know, this is how it has gone for me in the past. I do Mm. something, I'm motivated. I do it for three days, five days, seven days, 14 days, whatever. And then something happens. Like I go on a trip 
or like something happens with my family or something in my routine gets shaken up or I hurt myself, whatever. And then I need to take a break and then I never get off the couch again. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I've heard that from so many people as I, you know, am creating more in this space uh, that like, that's such a big fear from folks because that's how it's gone in the past. And what I'm trying to do right now, as I talk to more and more people about this and think about it in my own life is like, okay, let me try and prepare myself for that inevitable hard day because I know it's coming. Like I'm mm -hmm. going to do this for a year and then the rest of my life. So at some point it's coming. Right. Totally. <laughs> um, so, you know, how can I kind of prep myself to get out of that black and white all or nothing um, this way or, or it's not a habit anymore, you know, mode of operating to really say exactly what you said like I love that that idea of like if it has to be blessed today like that's what it's going to be and that's fine yeah yeah um I also really found for me it's been helpful to know if I'm externally motivated or internally motivated and I am not I am not that internally motivated like saying I'm going to do something doesn't really make me want to do it um but if I'm accountable to my boss or to my friend or to a colleague or whatever then I'll do it mm. um and what I started to realize in the past 6 months is that I was so accountable at work because I was accountable to other people that I was you know either highly performing or overperforming at work and then I'd come home and I didn't have energy left to be accountable to myself so I would work really hard all day and then I'd come home and not have any energy left for the habits that make me feel like me, that rejuvenate me. So like, you know, meditation or yoga or cooking or exercising, things like that. And I, for me, it was like, I needed to like balance those scales. But again, like looking at it through the lens of like kindness and compassion, it's like, okay, I wish I was more internally motivated and I want to work on that. But right now I know that it's just easier for me if I'm externally motivated. So I actually um, hired a fitness coach a couple months ago who I've been working with and she programs workouts for me. And then I like let her know how it's going. And that's obviously not the only option to be externally accountable. I could do the same thing with, you know, a friend or a partner or things like that or a support group. Um, but for me, that's just one avenue I've gone to, gone through to um, honor that right now it's easier for me to be externally accountable. And now I feel like that balance has kind of shifted where I'm showing up to myself in my personal life and in my work life. And there just feels like there's more balance of how I'm taking care of myself in that way. That's beautiful. Like work within the system that works for you, right? Totally. Instead of being like, oh, I should, there's the should again, right? Like, yes. Oh, she keeps yeah. showing up. <laughs> I think yeah. that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, it's been really great. And it's made me, it's, you know, slowly forming that habit has allowed me to find more ease around other things. Like I recently created a chore chart for myself. I live alone and I was noticing that you know, thinking about what day am I going to take the trash out? What day am I going to vacuum? What day am I going to water the plants? It was taking up a lot of mental energy. So again, I just wrote it down, painted little watercolors on the side so it looked pretty and then hung it up on my fridge so I'd see it every day. And now when I'm making my daily to-do list, I just pull whatever chore is on that onto my daily to-do list. And I made it fun. So there's only chores Monday through Friday, not on the weekends. Love it. Um, yeah, because I couldn't, not every day, couldn't do every day. <laughs> um, and it's getting easier and easier for me. Like to me in that habit, I'm just accountable to myself. I don't live with anyone else. If I let the dishes pile up, no one cares, but it's 
it's getting easier for me to work that muscle now that I have another habit that I've kind of been working with for a few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that is super fascinating. Yeah. Like how these little things really can compound and kind of what you were saying of like, I'm noticing this shift now I've been externally motivated. I'm noticing a shift. Um, I think that that's so cool. Like we're such, I often think of myself as like a static being in a way, mm-hmm. like I hang out in my head every day. Like I know what it feels like to be in here, <laughs> Yeah. but, but we're actually always changing and we actually do have the ability to like change. I, I kind of, I really resonated with what you were saying about like, just kind of this awe or like amazement that like you could be the type of person who does X, Y, Z. Like for me that, that like, yeah, when it comes to exercise or whatnot, like didn't have a consistent routine for years zero to 27 and a half of my life. And, you know, and like now I do. And that is amazing. And it does kind of prove to me and reinforce that like, okay, well, I did that. So I know that I can do it when it comes to, you know, the monotasking, the intentional digital consumption, the mindful eating. I know that I am actually not a static being and I've adapted before and changed and and I can keep doing it even, even though it's hard. Totally. And I think that's another one of the gifts of um, tracking something is like um, being, being shown you can change um, is, is huge. Like I never would have thought I'd be kind I'm, I'm, Jenna, I swear I'm becoming kind of a workout fanatic. Nice. Um, and it's so fun. I have so much fun working out most of the time. Um, and having that data that, okay, over the past six months, I've gotten really into working out. Like you said, it just like, I, I'm someone who like loves um, kind of like the soft skills in life, like emotional intelligence and, you know, talking about feelings and processing feelings, but something about having the data of tracking something um, in conjunction with all of that just makes it feel more possible to take steps in a new direction that I might want to take in the future of building a different habit. Mm, so cool. It is super cool. It's what makes me so excited about what you're doing, honestly, is um, truly, I mean, I said this earlier, but like the gift of people getting to see that journey and also having more intentional conversations about this topic of both habits and where they lead us, I think is really huge. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. It's been, it's been very interesting to kind of do it both privately and publicly. And Mm -hmm. I, what I've been saying to people recently as I've like reflected on, you know, the launch of the habit project and and whatnot is I think I'm finally figuring out how I want to show up online. Um, And that's really cool. Because before, I think I had this sort of this idea that like I needed to be perfect. I needed to have expertise. Um, People were looking to me for something that I some days felt like I didn't have, Um, you know, and now I just kind of get to be myself in process, perfectly imperfect. (laughs) Totally. And, And it's, it's more fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I truly believe that's what we need. Hmm. I, that's what I like, look, enjoy looking at. So it's, Same. it's interesting. It took me a little while to like figure out like, oh, I could be that too. Like that's what people want from me too. Totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
figuring out how we're going to present ourselves online is definitely tricky. I don't feel like I've nailed that one yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're all works in progress. Totally. <laughs> and, totally. Uh, yeah. But, but like people want to see the, the process, like they, yeah, the results are really cool to like cheer someone on and watch someone like achieve a huge goal. But like when you also get to see them be like, I totally fell apart last night and here's why I think I felt the way that I did. And here's why I did what I did. And there's a sense of connection of like, oh, I've been there a few. Like I have also had yeah. all of the chips and all of the ice cream because I was sad about you know, a conversation that I needed to have with a family member that was hard or whatever, you know? <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, how are you working with, like, if you don't, um, you know, accomplish one of the habits one day, is, like, what does that look like and feel like for you in this journey? I have really, usually what I do so far, and again, only day 27, right? But mm-hmm. uh, definitely I've had some moments of, like, falling down. Um And so far it's looked like I kind of get caught in the spiral of whatever hard thing it is. Um, So I guess to like ground it in some concrete examples, um, I was hoping to surprise my husband with a a trip back to the East Coast this weekend, actually. And it was something that we had planned for a year uh, to see his family and celebrate um, some really big milestones in his life. And it was all a surprise and then Corona and then blah, blah, blah. Oh, Jenna. (laughs) It was tough, yeah. So, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, his parents called me and said, you know, do you want to come anyway? And you know, every bone in my body was like, no, I mean, I do, but no, not right now, not with everything going on. It's not, you know, I don't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. That's not safe. That's not what we're going to do, but it's just really, it's very hard for me to, to disappoint people. Like, you know, like it is for most people, (laughs) especially people that you love. Right. So like I hung up the phone and I like immediately went for ice cream and chips, you know? (laughs) Um, and I, in the moment was very much like, I know exactly what I'm doing. I think I know why I'm doing it. (laughs) I'm still going to do it. And then about maybe about five hours later, I was still kind of feeling crappy, like these layers of like shame of like, oh, I did the thing that I am trying not to do, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, Mm -hmm. But then I just kind of pulled out my journal and said, okay, like, I know that the only way for me to feel better is to like actually try and process this falling down. Right. Um, and so I, I took to, took to my journal and, uh, you know, kind of just wrote like free, free writing around like, you know, why is it, why is it so hard for me to disappoint people even when I know that I'm making the right choice for me? Right. And um, my hope is that, you know, the next time that, something hard happens and I want to hit all the emotional eating <laughs> really hard um, yeah. that, you know, even if I do it again, um, you know, maybe it won't be five hours before I'm reflecting on that. Maybe it'll be three hours, right. you know, or, you know, and just kind of reducing that time between like falling off the bandwagon mm-hmm. and getting curious and saying like, Hmm, what happened here? Ready to get back on? 
Yeah. What I love about that too, that is so beautiful is um, like before you did like the habit of the old habit of maybe like emotional eating after a hard conversation, which I can completely relate to. Um, you did check in with yourself and you still made the choice to do it, but you still checked in with yourself. And I think it's like, that is, I think a huge win still of like Mm -hmm. you, you made the, you made it a conscious, conscious choice. You still did it, but it was you fully choosing to do that. And, um, that to me is, is really, um, an incredible shift from doing it without really being aware of it, um, or of being aware of it and having a lot of shame around it, but just being like, okay, that was a really hard thing I had to go do. It's pushing all these buttons. Here's the choice I'm making about it. And then, yeah. And then processing it later. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that is a really beautiful example. And I so appreciate you sharing that of what it looks like in process to try and change a habit. Hmm. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. It's, um, it's been super interesting because yeah, like I, um, becoming a little bit more aware of my triggers and Mm -hmm. that is sometimes I would just like to embrace the trigger and Mm -hmm. embrace my habit. And I would like to just keep going, please. So stop, stop knocking at my thought bubble here, habit. Totally. (laughs) You know, um, but you know, I'm reading this book right now by Charles Duhigg called um, Smarter, Faster, Better. Fun. It's kind of got like one of those macho titles and I'm like, really? Do we always yeah. need to be smarter, faster, better? Like, come on. But, yeah. okay. But there are some good stories in here. And one of them is on decision making. And, and he kind of highlights this point that like people who are able to make good, innovative decisions spend a lot of time analyzing where they've fallen down or where others have fallen down, like the promotion that they didn't get or the business idea that failed. Um, And really kind of going in on that and and dissecting it and figuring out, okay, what specifically was it that that set this off on a path that ultimately was unsuccessful? And um, as painful as that is, I am trying to kind of cloak cloak that process in a lot of love and grace and nice smelling candles and, <laughs> you know just kind of like you know take a year of my life to really go go in on that exploration totally yeah it feels like this is where building the new habit is also like building a yield sign for the old habit where it's like when you're going to go into the old habit it's like okay i notice i'm doing this i'm pausing i'm taking a minute Maybe I still do it. Maybe I don't. But either way, it's like you're slowly building that for yourself, which is a game changer. Mm-hmm. That's how we transform our lives. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, through like those little moments of awareness and like absolutely, open, yeah, opening up that space. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jenna, as we come to a close from this very juicy and wonderful conversation, I want to ask you, um, what does radical gentleness mean to you? That's such a good question. I think for me right now, radical gentleness means allowing myself to be in the singular day of this process and project. Mm. You know, today is like very intentionally day 27 for me. Mm. You know, it's not day 300. (laughs) <laughs> um it's also not day two yeah but like kind of 
just zooming in and saying like, where I'm at right now is okay. And it's actually the only place that I can be. So I might as well get curious about how I feel today. That's so beautiful. Yeah, really taking it like one one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jenna, where can people find you online? Well, if you would like to watch me follow my face and <laughs> get up again and again and again for the course of this next year, um, you can follow along on Instagram. I'm at the, ha- the handle Tiny Habits Project. Amazing. I'll link it below as always for everyone as well. And I highly recommend following Jenna on Instagram. It's like such great habit forming inspiration. But as we talked about in this episode, it's just presented in a really relatable way where it feels like, you know, your friend Jenna talking about this project she's doing. And um, I know it's really inspired me. And this conversation has actually really inspired me as well to look more into um, how I'm tracking and with what sort of intentionality. And I just so appreciate you coming on. It's been such a delight. Thank you so much, Jenna. Thank you, Brooke. This was awesome. Really, really cool conversation. And I just, I don't know. It's awesome. (laughs) I love it. Amazing. And as always, thank you for tuning in, everyone. And until next time, be radically gentle with you.